Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. It's the Round Ball Rock Podcast, starring Dave Schilling, Reggie Slater, Carlos Rogers, Joey Devine, Sonny Weems, Bill Palacio. John Keen, Jamario Moon, Tyler Psycho T. Hansbro, special guest Sean Woodley, Patreons Adam Ellsworth, thank you Adam, Tyler Fortney, thank you Tyler, Silky Johnson. Thank you, Silky. Musical guest, Nikki Yanomsky. And now the temporary host of Rumble Rock, Joey Devine. Hi, it's me, Joey Devine, your temporary host of the Round Ball Rock podcast. And we are back in the new year. With a brand new episode, I'm here as always with America's baby uncle, New Year dad, Sean Keen. Sean, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. It's uh, it's raining here in Oakland. It's raining here in Los Angeles. Um, that's the weather report. Um, Sean, does when it rains now, does it remind you of Pandora? It does. I feel like I'm there, being misted. I mean, just just underwater joey uh well let's introduce our guest and then let's talk about our experience uh we have the host of locked on raptors uh our friend and yours the former host of uh basketball sean woodley sean how are you 
I'm good, guys. It's lovely to be here. It's also raining here in southern Ontario, which is weird because it's supposed to be the winter time, but it's like uh, whatever the American equivalent of 10 degrees Celsius is. Uh, what is the American equivalent of 10 degrees Celsius? Ooh, who's to say? 45? Uh, is it like, I think it's like double and add 30 is like uh, maybe 50. I don't know. Who's to say? 50. This is boring. I shouldn't have, I just I shouldn't have continued up. the weather talk. Uh, <laughs> so apparently how you get there sean yeah is you multiply the degrees celsius by nine fifths and then add 32 so great very great. simple love it. i really love that you guys <laughs> stick with the imperial system of measurement it's cool it's not confusing at all as someone who has to work with americans mm -hmm. follow a team that plays in a mostly american league it doesn't confuse me in any way. Look, I will it's say such a good system. Too. I I will say I actually prefer the American uh, temperature system. I agree with the metric system being better than our weird uh, thing based on bales of hay and farmers' feet. <laughs> uh, but I do think that um, uh, as far as temperature goes, I do think. Zero being very, very cold makes a lot more sense. And a hundred being very, very hot. I, I would argue zero being the freezing point and 100 being the boiling point of water, the necessity mm -hmm. of life, is far more sensical. But again, we don't need to I mean, linger whatever. on this too long. Because <laughs> like 50 is like kind of cold and that's 10 degrees in your your term um all so right you're saying you want a little more wiggle room joey. yes i want more wiggle room well joey it's 12.77 degrees here 12.78 degrees here in oakland mm -hmm. yeah that's weird anyway <laughs> i'm sorry guys there's a real weather industry that that is under some serious problems uh if if this is not if, if we change it, Sean, Sean that's Keen, really what we're we've got a lot of green screens we got to fix. Sean Keen, do you think spider from the Avatar way of water measures in degrees or Celsius or Fahrenheit or some kind of Navi uh, way of uh, measuring temperature? Well, you know, he lives with scientists, right? He does. Yeah. It's kind of unclear, in fact, but what is going on. But he also appears to be feral. There's also those scientists who can just kind of who also have like a lot of access to helicopters. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. that seems like a little weird. Yeah, but I guess maybe Edie Falco is not paying enough attention to the flight patterns. He also does not seem. Spider, that is, for those of you that have not seen Avatar Way of Water. Spider is a man who looks like uh, he'd sell you... Well, he's a teen who looks like he would sell you mushrooms outside of a... Uh, well, uh, he, he looks he looks like a 25-year-old pretending to be a teen. True, uh, yeah. And... Uh, he's a white man with dreadlocks. He basically dresses like a baby with dreadlocks. Yeah, too. yeah, yeah. <laughs> blonde, um, very, very blonde dreadlocks. Sean, did you see Avatar: The Way of Water? 
I have not. I've only ever seen the original Avatar on my parents' old box television uh, in like whenever it came out, 2010 or whatever. Oh, just so the way James like, Cameron yeah. wants you to appear. Exactly, yeah. yeah. I, I feel yeah, like yeah. I've gotten the authentic Cameron experience for the Avatar universe. So I'm going to wait until it comes out on video and go to my parents to watch. Uh, I think you Avatar should actually see it the way Sean and I saw it. Which was I, I in- probably will. The thing is, my wife, she is not a like big 3D screen person. She gets like motion sick mm-hmm. and stuff. So it's something I'll have to do like on an afternoon by myself. Well, but you she's should home not- for the holidays right now. So I'm trying to, you know, because we saw it in that time. 4DX, Sean. OK, you know what that have means? you ever heard of 4DX, Sean? I feel like we probably have that here, but it might not have. It might not come till it's you know, pretty limited or something in America. Okay, uh, it's, only the, at, it's only at select theaters. The seats move, and also they shoot fog ma- a fog machine at yeah, you. It oh. promises to provide you with uh, the sights, smells, sounds, and feel. Uh, yeah, so there's a Pandora. fog machine. Yeah, they have like kind of a rave strobe light. Anytime the gunshots go off, they like turn the lights on and off in time with them in the theater, which I found to be annoying. Yeah. Uh, Also, (laughs) whenever you're seeing a movie in America, there's a pretty good chance that there might be actual gunshots, Mm -hmm. too. So that part is sort of like I feel like it's a bad safety measure. People are going to get the wrong impression during a match. Also, the smells of Pandora in 4DX. Anytime they did a smell, <laughs> it was the same smell. It was like, what were, like, can you describe the smells? Like a, like, like a cologne in a casino, like the scent of a casino. Okay. You know. All right, all right, I'm um, familiar. <laughs> um, but like. I think they were supposed to be different smells. Like the ocean town was supposed to smell one way and the forest mm. was supposed to smell one way. It just smelled the same. Right, Sean? Uh, we're maybe a little overconfident about our smell. Sean, your, um, your mic was cutting in and out there. Uh, Can you say that again? Yes, hold on. Cutting in and out. Mm-hmm. It is still cutting in. Uh, okay, and out. hold on. Let me do this. All right. Uh, I think that we, as a society right now, have become too confident in our ability to replicate smells. Mm, yeah, I think that's probably <laughs> fair. Like uh, there's we... a, like the candle industry, uh, at least in the United States, is uh, seems seems like they are really feeling themselves with uh, the sense that they can promise. Uh, to deliver mm-hmm. but How anyway Sean, until... uh, your wife would not like the 40x experience because <laughs> you literally will get motion sickness because uh your chair is moving around uh and like it's constantly around. in motion yeah yeah like well, the seats literally are... have oh go ahead yeah no they are airing it in 40x at a theater near me mm-hmm. uh so i will go i will report back yes specifically on the smells oh, uh good please yeah my please question go was like see that while your wife is out of town and then call us and tell us your yeah. experience <laughs> 
the voicemails in the description. Uh, uh-huh. The how long is it until the 40x smells are like co-opted by brands and like Subway is just pumping smell into theaters? Like, is that mm-hmm. a, like a 2023 thing or maybe like a 2025, 26 thing? I, again, I don't think the smell. I, at least the 40x smell. I don't think it's good enough at replicating smell yet. <laughs> Um, they should be that you're right though they should be subtly putting in like mm-hmm. new car smell mm-hmm. when yeah. you're watching you know a movie with car product placement which is every movie <laughs> with a car uh <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah i want to see the um i want to see the uh sub what, what do they call them uh hidden messages what's a subliminal, subliminal message, message. Yeah. 40x subliminal message <laughs> I'm into it. Um anyway, I, yeah, I don't know if that was what James Cameron intended exactly. The 40X experience, I think yeah. probably not. Cuz for some reason it was also not in 3D, which was very annoying. Yeah. Like <laughs> you're promising me 4D, give me the glasses too. What is yeah. going on here? That like it you're dropping like we a dimension here. A D. Yeah. <laughs> um before we get started some business <laughs> up top patreon.com slash round rock pod is where you can hear sean and i do bonus episodes um the newest bonus episode we put up is i learned a fact about carl anthony towns that led us to doing an entire episode about the rapper young gravy and the proto Craig Finn act lifter puller somehow. <laughs> it's a very weird episode. Um and it's um, all be, I, it's we, all because have, I led uh, I learned a fact about Carl Anthony Towns. Yes, Sean, go ahead. I I will I will have a new uh I will be reviewing bringing back our our podcast within a Patreon uh Shacked in a podcast. Mm-hmm. I will be reviewing the Shack endorsed phone game. Uh, top war. Uh huh. Also, we both ate the shakaroni pizza from Papa John's. That will also be <laughs> happening at some point. Um, if you I want should to buy- say, while we're on the topic of Shaq, he uh-huh. he currently has a Canadian hockey themed commercial that's clearly only running here because he says, "Hey Canada, you mm-hmm. like that hockey?" Uh, it's like for Epson printers or something. But the man. <laughs> can get dollars no matter the borders he's just getting like i I respect the hustle well guess what sean woodley you have now booked yourself on the shacked in a podcast congratulations Uh, you need to send sean that commercial immediately and also buy an epson (laughs) printer um (laughs) uh, t-shirts we have a t-shirt store the link is in the description um also, follow us on Twitter at RoundRockPod. Email us at RoundRockPod at gmail.com. Or call us on the phone at the number in the description. And I say that so excitedly because somebody fucking did it. <laughs> uh, so you know what that means. Sean and Joey can't come to the phone right now, but luckily phones are the domains of me, a robot. If you know the extension of Tillman Fertita, please dial it now. Press 1 to have a single beer with Zach Lowe.
Press 2 for Senegal-related inquiries. Press 3 for Movie Times read by Brooke Lopez. Press 33 to hear problematic things Bill Simmons wrote in the early 2000s. Press 0 at any time to leave a message for Sean and Joey. That's right, you two can leave a message for Sean and Joey, just dial 323-682-0342. Once again that number is, 323-682-0342, please give me a call, being a robot is a solitary road. Alright, so we got a call from our friend Henry... Uh, Sean, I haven't heard this call yet. Is there any, does it need any other lead up other than Henry called us? No. No. Okay. We can just listen to it. Here's Henry. (laughs) Hey, fellas. Um, it's Henry. Um, I'm calling because on the last podcast with, uh, John Williams, you guys were talking about, um, trying to give, or trying to, the NBA trying to create more things to celebrate and, um, you know, particularly aimed at, at jazz fans, but just sort of, uh, more, more stuff for, for teams to sort of hold other success. And it, it was interesting to me. I recently have gotten a little bit into like cycling and, um, all the big cycling races are kind of cool because they're actually like six simultaneous races where like some people are racing to win the whole thing. Some people are racing just to win like one stage. Some people are racing to, win like the sprint race that happens two thirds of the way through the stage. Um, but they're all sort of riding at the same time. And so you end up with like six to 10 people who like won each day and that's setting aside, you know, their, their teammates and, and the people who sort of help them get there, who get to take some of the credit too. It seems cool to me. I, I wonder, you know, if you have thoughts on whether or not like that sort of thing is possible in the NBA or if it's just too far from that structure for there to be that. And, you know, uh, it would be better for them to just focus on championships and just kind of, you know, acknowledge that the closer you get to the championship, the better your season was, no matter what else happened. Uh, thanks. Okay. So Sean, your dad got in very into cycling at one point. Um, he did. He spent (laughs) a while. He had, uh, he had a lot of Lance Armstrong stuff, uh, for for one birthday, um, I had told my dad that I wanted to start uh, riding a bike more. And what I had meant is that I lived in Berkeley and I wanted to go to this uh, liquor store that was like 14 blocks from my house that had much cheaper 40s than... Uh, those are those are large beers. I know forty ounces doesn't translate to the metric system, but uh, anyway, that's what I really meant is that I wanted to be able to get alcohol more conveniently at a cheaper price in my neighborhood. And my dad thought that I wanted to uh, join Team U.S. Postal and uh, become a competitive cycler. So one year for my birthday, uh, I opened. Uh, a package and it was uh, a pair of bicycle shorts. And then the other package uh, was a, a different pair of bicycle shorts. Mm-hmm. And I had a very awkward meeting with my dad where he said there were two rules of cycling that I needed to follow. One of them was don't use a kickstand. 
No one has a kickstand. You're a dork if you use a kickstand. And then rule two was don't wear underwear under your bike shorts. Mm -hmm. So those are the two rules of cycling. Um, Mm -hmm. But I do know (laughs) that in the Tour de France, they have a couple different jackets you get. There's the sprinter jacket. uh, There's, which I think is, well, I don't remember any of the colors. The yellow jacket. There's the cheating jacket. The yellow the jersey. best cheater <laughs> yeah. gets That's to wear the one of the jerseys yeah, yeah. for the race leader. Yeah. Um, there's a polka dot jacket. I believe that goes to the person that's the best at uh, climbing the mountains, mm-hmm. uh, mountain stages. And then there's a sprinter color as well. Uh huh. So, d- do you think the NBA should uh, be able should can incorporate different jackets? Sean. Uh, I kind of think that Adam Silver is going to try. Uh huh. But I don't. I. First of all, uh, they're already wearing eight different jerseys a season. Mm-hmm. And so I don't. I never know how it's decided. How do they even decide what jerseys they wear on what days? Is that a signed? Sure. I mean, I I assume <laughs> I I assume there's some kind of capitalist algorithm that tells you that Nike has created that can tell you exactly what days sell what jerseys, right? Yeah. Um <laughs> that's the schedule drop day that we don't celebrate, but will soon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know in baseball the starting pitcher used to get to choose, but now there's I think no you way have that's to wear the case your, That still happens. Every that day. still yeah. happens. No. Hyunjin Ryu on the Blue Jays. Not Hyunjin Ryu. Jose Barrios on the Blue Jays. Uh-huh. He's, I, I have issues with him because he always chooses to wear the shitty Canada Day red jerseys that the Blue Jays have that are terrible. And they should be worn one day a year on Canada Day. Instead, it's every fifth home start because <laughs> Jose Barrios, some for some reason, thinks that gives him like a good juju, despite him being literally the worst pitcher in baseball this past season. Wow. Well, I was um, not yeah. ready for both Canada <laughs> and Jose Barrio to get uh, dumped on today. Torched. Uh, <laughs> Joey, do you remember that Chris Sale story about the White Sox jerseys? Absolutely not. They were supposed when he was pitching for the White Sox, uh, oft injured Red Sox ace Chris Sale uh, was upset about the kind of they had to wear some kind of promotional jerseys i don't know if they were like throwbacks or whatever but uh now he was still reeling because the white Sox had um kicked had told um their first baseman's uh large 14 year old son that he couldn't hang around uh, the clubhouse anymore, Drake LaRoche. Yeah. And Chris Sale had given an emotional interview where he talked about how uh, Drake LaRoche was the heart and soul of that White Sox team. Anyway, uh, about a week later, he was upset about the jerseys, and he he cut up everyone's jerseys with a pair of scissors, so they had to wear different ones. Wow. I don't think Barrios, Jose Barrios would do that, though, Joey. <laughs> <laughs> He's a patriot. He lives in Canada. Back to the question. I oh, mean, yeah. look, I'm really going to sound like an American rube here because I started the episode being like, Fahrenheit is better. But also, 
I like when they talk about when they talk about adding a tournament that's like the English Premier League where like oh every Tuesday they'll be playing games to win this meaningless tournament in December I'm like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Fahrenheit is better. We yeah. measure things in feet in this country. Um, uh, I'm going to grab my plate of freedom fries and get the fuck out. Um, Cooking's way more confusing than it ever has to be because we're just basing it on what, what are the measurements? Tea, tables. Um, teaspoons but seriously i just don't my me personally will not be able to hand i cannot handle like multiple leaderboards in anything like i we play my sports we play for the one championship i'm sorry that's it <laughs> and if you lose you get roasted on twitter for the rest and of you your life blow it up immediately. Yeah, yeah yeah exactly you're garbage yeah. yeah if if you're just sort of good you got to trade all your good players for garbage <laughs> and put your t- put your fans through hell for 10 years yeah. Uh, <laughs> what are you you trying to win the Tiso Cup? Is that is that what people aren't? <laughs> I think so. I I'm gonna be all Canadian about this and say okay, I like yeah. I like light. the tournament. Yeah, uh-huh. I think the tournament's cool. Uh, I wish you would please like it. Uh, no, I I. I I don't think there's a problem with having other things to root for. If you're a fan of a shitty team and your team can go on a run in the middle of the season to give you some sort of joy. I have no problem with that. No, it's not like anyone's going to be like, Oh, the, the wolves are definitely on the same level as the warriors because they won the two cups in the league this year. Like, no, the warriors won the title. They're still King shit, but it's nice to have something else. See, not? We always that's talk about where I December, dis- January basketball sucks shit. This is where I disagree with you because <laughs> certain fan bases will be like, yeah, that's more important. You know, Dame, Dame won the MVP of the December Cup and Steph Curry never has. Well, see, that's fun to allow dumb idiots with small market energy to expose themselves as dumb idiots. Yeah, oh, Joey. I think that's cool. Joey, I started imagining that and I'm like, I'm going to be so happy when uh, Utah fans are just losing their shit about. Lowry Markinen being a finalist for the clutch trophy or what the Jerry West <laughs> clutch trophy. See, I do think there is like, I'm not going to sell you on the tournament. It doesn't sound like, but I feel like there are other sort of like dumber leaderboards we could probably keep like the Raptors, for example, who we're going to talk about today, I presume, because mm-hmm. I was invited on the show. Uh, <laughs> like, they are really, really good at getting down by 20 points in the third quarter and then making a fake comeback to lose by nine. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like there could be like a fake comeback trophy where your recruit fake comeback points are all kind of added up over the course of a season. Well, again, Damian Lillard would also win that too. This though. is all just yeah. stuff for Dame. I know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we just need to invent best, more best awards. Best guy at raps. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> I also like, is there a way I do earnestly feel like we should probably recognize people who are good at dunking more and there should yes. be like a team dunk trophy for the team that yammed the most that yeah. like maybe yeah, like that even gets you dunks. like an extra lottery ball for the most dunks. Well, I have to tell actually you, do that. I have to tell you a, an upsetting thing, though. It's like Uh-oh. Rudy Gobert's team would have won that like the last like six years in a row. <laughs> and the Wolves fans will go and be like, that's the biggest thing there is, even more than the screen assist award. It's the regular season dunk trophy. It's perfect. Yeah. Everybody on the winning team gets 10 grand for winning the the dunk. You know, like what's what's the amount that makes it kind of worth it, Joey? Especially it for the guys like a hundred like, grand, but if you're not tall enough to dunk, you don't get a piece of the pie. Oh, and that God. could lead to all wow. sorts of internal strife. Fred Van Vliet icing out his teammates because he can't dunk and doesn't want them to get the money. Yeah, can and Fred imagine, Van Vliet imagine not how much dunk? better garbage no, time would cannot. be. It's just <laughs> games get out of hand, and suddenly everybody's like, "Well, we 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 still have a shot in the team dunk title." Mm-hmm. What if you just leave that playing spots? What if just one of the play-in spots went to the team with the most dunks? Or like home court in the uh-huh. first round? Like, let's incentivize dunks more. I mean, I'm all for incentivizing dunks. You don't get me wrong. I think, actually, dunks should be worth three points, but that's besides the point. I also, <laughs> I, I would like to to share, uh, I don't know if Kelly Dwyer's ever said it on this podcast, his belief that banked-in threes should count for two points. Don't hate it. Yeah, don't hate not it. bad, not bad. I do think it sort of ruins the, uh, the the like full court, half court heaves though, well, because those usually get b- banked in. Um, <laughs> uh, those should count for five. How about that? Anything ba- beyond the half court line should count for five. Well, that's points. also for Dame now. So yeah. uh, they're all for Dame. They're all for Dame. Uh, Poor Mike Prada writes a whole book about the three-point revolution just as the five-point revolution's about to come in. Ridiculous. Yeah. But that's that that's that's yeah, okay. I'm into that. Um yeah, Sean, any other cycle Sean's any other <laughs> cycling uh um suggestions? I mean they I mean I didn't know... already have the domestiques. Do you know what a domestique is, Joey? No. It's like the guy who um, will go out and lead the pack for Lance Armstrong mm-hmm. while he kind of rests at the back and they take turns like taking the lead. And then he goes and sprints at the end of the stage. Uh-huh. And that's kind of like like LeBron has had those for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I was merely going to add that I am a cyclist uh, in the summertime when I'm deciding that I'm going to, you know, pretend to like exercise for a month at a time. Do you have those Uh, shoes that click in? I don't have the shoes, but I do have bike shorts with like the cushion on the butt. And I did Uh not know you're not supposed to wear underwear underneath those things. My life is going to change this coming summer (laughs) when I'm going uh, bare bones underneath the shorts. I love uh, it. I love this for you. I I will report back on the difference. Dennis will be really proud. (laughs) Dennis Dennis Keene taught the wrong Sean that information. Um, I am actually getting snap-in shoes, though, because my girlfriend has a Peloton. I I I could I even with a Peloton where no one is going to see that but the people that live in my house 
I could not be walking around with those clicky shoes. I just there's <laughs> I I am not I am I am not confident enough in my own self-worth to have those to be walking around with those clicky shoes. When I uh, when I actually had a bike that had the click in pedals, I replaced them with uh, regular ones. Yeah. Uh, did you also put baseball cards in the spokes so it sounded really cool when you? Yeah, and they the... were all Mickey Mantle rookie cards. Yeah. I was an idiot. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right, Sean. Uh, well, I, I lost the rundown. Where where, Sorry, where are we going mail, next? Regular reader mail. Oh oh yo oh god. Time. We also have man. This is going to be the longest episode <laughs> in the world. This always happens when I'm on the show. I don't know if I just like slow down the works or something, but I always feel like we record for an hour and forty five minutes, and I always feel badly for talking too much. At no, the end. it's never your fault. It's always <laughs> our fault for over planning with you. Anyway, we have some reader questions. This is Round Ball Rock Reader Mail communications from listeners why do we call it reader mail it is confusing for robots all right our friend l half narrow asks who should have their name on the annual worst dunk attempt award yeah i mean that's that's a good one too So, so Joey, you, we have both had arguments for what we think is the worst dunk contest dunk in history. Yes, but I don't think these are the same. No, but let's let's go over those real quickly. I think. I mean, the worst dunk contest dunk attempt of all time. People are gonna be hard on Birdman, but what Birdman was trying to do was difficult. <laughs> <laughs> it's when Daryl Armstrong tried to do a pretty normal dunk and then did a layup instead. Yeah, he was running out of time and he uh, shot a layup. Uh, I I would encourage everybody to look up um, the cartwheel, the famous cartwheel dunk. Um, very bad, but at least the guy did a cartwheel, which is difficult. I know, I know. I just I. <clears throat> I think Daryl Armstrong was trying to do dunks first. Uh-huh. But then he, he did just, a layup. He just ran out of time. He did a layup, Sean. I know, you always defend Daryl Armstrong. You always defend Daryl Armstrong doing a layup in the dunk contest. But it's because it's because he missed like seven dunk uh-huh. attempts right before that and he was running out of time. I mean, it was an insane decision, <laughs> but uh but Michael Finley like planned the cartwheel. He thought it was a good sure. idea. Okay, but but neither of those are correct. No, it's because Aaron Davis, right? No, the the blind man's bluff. No, where he just completely misses the rim entirely. Oh, no, that's, that's really bad. Good. That's pretty. Good. And it, and it's from such a good in game dunker too. Uh-huh. That, like I think there's <laughs> like he's got like the the cred behind it as well. That I think it makes it like a worthy. He's a worthy contender, at least. But yeah, those are the worst dunk contest dunks. But I really mm-hmm. feel like worst dunk attempt shouldn't go to a person in the dunk contest. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's got to go to someone who always is attempting dunks they just cannot do in games. <laughs> because there's a big difference, right? And that is why this should be the Alan Smilegeach Award. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, look, I know that's a deep cut for non-warrior fans, 
But the the Warriors had this man named Alan Smilagich, who um, they uh, put a lot of draft capital into. The and owner's we, son found him. Dude. Yeah, that's uh, what. Uh... <laughs> but one time, he on national television attempted a dunk from like the free throw line that was like not even close. <laughs> like and Jeff Van Gundy was laughing at him. Every everyone was laughing at him. It's like the funniest basketball play I've ever seen. Right, Keen? I have to look this up. Yeah, hold on. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty bad. <laughs> um I mean, like there's something about the Plumleys that that sticks out to me in this one um but again i guess i'm thinking of dunk contest dunks it's hard not to it's hard not to associate bad dunks with dunk contests because i'm like i'm I'm very like john (laughs) collinsy on this one i just just watched the dunk (laughs) it's gotta be this right (laughs) yes he wins the award 100 (laughs) there's just no way he was even like gonna it's (laughs) he is not above the rim at any point on this dunk attempt for those of you who need to watch andrew wiggins golf class yeah for those of you that need to watch this dunk attempt, uh, you can find it on YouTube by searching Alan Smiley Geach misses dunk. Curry can't stop laughing mm-hmm. because his own teammates are laughing at him for yeah. even attempting this dunk. <laughs> There's no way it's anyone else. I can't think of like the well, only worse <laughs> attempted an in-game dunk i can recall and this was largely context-based too because of like the state of the team but this was 2014-15 near the end of the season the raptors are in like a tailspin kyle Uh lowry's hurt uh they just he's like broken and they're at msg and demar Derozan attempts a 360 dunk with nobody around him and gets front rim and it kind of i think was the first bit of for, like foreshadowing of getting swept by the wizards in the first round. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. It's really bad, but it's Damar. He was a good dunker. Yeah, so Damar's an he, awesome yeah. dunker. Um, yeah. So I don't know if it applies, but that is easily the worst in-game dunk attempt I have ever watched live. Yeah. I just think it has to be. I just don't think we can have an Alan Smilogy award. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> like, he's not really a basketball But player. it's the worst in-game dunk attempt of all time. But should we maybe go for more what volume? What about JaVale like, Is there, like, a, like a like stone But again, JaVale is good at dunking. Like, I, the, yeah. I don't want to give this award to someone who's good at dunking. I'm, is just, there... I'm just saying you can't give it to Alan Smiley because <laughs> it's like giving it to, like, a mascot. Yeah, is there... exactly. <laughs> Is there a brick-handed big man who attempts to dunk a lot, but just, like, can't? I know, like, I don't want to make this all Raptors-centric, but I, I watch a lot Mo of the Raptors. Spades is actually a pretty notable misdunker. Okay. Uh, he's missed one in the playoffs. You can see a video of him airballing a dunk, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know that Christian Coloco, the rookie for the Raptors right now, is seven foot one. 
And I don't think he's converted a single dunk all season long because he just gets his ass blocked every time. It's You can't name it after Coloco. He's a rookie who who may or may not last more than two years in the league. But uh, like that kind of player, I feel like is sort of the wheelhouse for this one. Like dudes with no hops who still try because they're tall, but can't. Yeah, I think that's like Bismack Biombo. He's had some bad ones. <laughs> I All feel right. like John Morant has the best missed dunk attempts in NBA history. Yes, obviously. That's a that's an interesting take on it too. Yeah. Um, I hmm. also think again, guys like JaVale and uh J.R. Smith when he would miss a dunk, <laughs> they're like missing dunks because they're trying something like human beings should not do. You know what I mean? That yeah. they they think they can do. Um which is again, I don't want to give this award to somebody try, like breaking the bounds of human <laughs> yeah. uh, human athleticism. Um Hold on. I'm looking for the most missed dunks in NBA history. Dwight Dennis Howard Smith Jr. has had a lot of them. It should be. Said. Dennis Smith Jr. Yeah. is actually a pretty good. That's a great one. Yeah. His his uh, his dunk contest stuff was also mostly failure. Mm-hmm. Like if you search missed Jr. Dennis Smith Jr. missed dunks. Sorry, I searched Jr. Smith missed dunks. The first mm-hmm. three things are Dennis Smith Jr. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. So I'm looking from 2003 to 2017. The player with the most missed dunks also had the most dunks, and it was Dwight Howard in 2005. Yeah. Okay. Um, Andre Iguodala also in 2005 missed a lot of dunks. Uh, <laughs> um, Stephen Hunter had almost as many missed dunks <laughs> as he had makes in 2005. <laughs> um. <laughs> I you know what I'm all for naming this award after Dwight Howard. <laughs> <laughs> it hey seems, Dwight, we're I naming mean, a not, trophy after you. <laughs> oh, great. There's What's not going to be an award named after him, uh, like how the league is doing them all after yeah. guys who are good. Uh, uh-huh. So yeah, th- this one feels like a way to honor the history of Dwight Howard. Yeah, and maybe he felt like he was a slam dunk Hall of Famer. He dunked a lot. He missed that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, he's going to make the Hall of Fame, isn't he? I'm yes. just saying he seemed like a slam dunk, and now <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, he might bounce around <laughs> on the rim a little bit. I mean, have you seen the numbers he's putting up in that uh, that league he's playing in right now? It's pretty insane. Um, well, I mean, they should definitely count that. It is, it's not the NBA Hall of Fame, though. It's the Basketball Hall of Fame. <laughs> so those numbers count. Um, all right, now the question I really wanted to uh, get an answer from. It's from our friend, some guy. <laughs> and he asks, what dad core TV character would make the best NBA coach? So I've been thinking core. about this question for, uh, like, since you told me about mm-hmm. it, like, uh, 14 yeah. hours ago. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. It, and just it's to be clear, one. if people are not familiar with dad core, it's like, 
a lot of Amazon original programming and like Yellowstone is the penultimate. Yellowstone is probably the prime TV show. Yeah. Yeah. Yellowstone, Bosch, uh, Reacher, Reacher's definitely. um, I also would say any NCIS and CSI. Yeah, any anytime the military is solving a crime, Jack, yeah. Tom Clancy. Yeah, I'm. I was. I'm, I'm still surprised that there is so much Navy related uh, crime going on. I mean, I guess I shouldn't be given uh, American history, but uh, still. Uh huh. Also, uh, so I don't know. If, do they have NCIS in Canada, Sean? They do, yeah. The, it's it's the, like multiple versions of it, if I'm yeah. not mistaken. So yeah. I've never watched it, but mm-hmm. they um they show really brief commercials for it all the time during uh, football games on Sunday, mm-hmm. and it's always like deeply confusing because they condense. They're they're only like ten to fifteen seconds long, so you'll just mm-hmm. see so and. The idea is everyone is so familiar with NCIS that we don't need to like it's been on for 15 years or something. Mm-hmm. So it'll just be like someone from NCIS saying, like, we're going to the circus, and then like a clown's on stage and then a building explodes. And it's like NCIS. <laughs> yeah. And it's it's so surreal. And it's the only way that I interact with the show at all. It's just these like. 10 second fever dreams of whatever their whatever plots they're still trying to dig up 16 years in you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. sorry we need to focus on this question I'm sorry yeah <laughs> um Sh- sean woodley i gave you a heads mm-hmm. up on this what's your answer so I don't watch any of these dad core shows is mm-hmm. the problem like i i don't but watch you're aware a ton- of them yeah, I'm aware of them. I'm not <laughs> super like keen on the characters necessarily. Mm-hmm. I, the, have you guys watched the show Slow Horses? This feels like a dad core show to me as well. Uh, it does it's... seem like a dad show, dad core mm-hmm. show, except for the fact that it's on Apple TV, and I don't think any dads <laughs> know how to get Apple TV Plus. Um, it's yeah, it's like a gift they got from their children for yeah. <laughs> the holidays or something. Oh, this is yeah. this is good. I, I'm looking at this. This is pretty good. Yeah, definitely. I think I'm. I might go with Gary Oldman's character Jackson Lamb from Slow Horses. Mm-hmm. Ooh, great uh, name. He's like he's a fuck up. He's a slob. There's a scene in the first episode of season two where he just eats noodles like a pig for like three minutes as he's having a conversation with the other main character. And he like never breaks character, just continuously eats more disgustingly. And it's that sort of like sloven nastiness that I kind of associate with. Like, I imagine most NBA head coaches are like this when they're not on the sidelines. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm going to go Jackson Lamb from Slow Horses as the uh, the pick for this one. It's, again, the only dad core show I watch. However, I fucking love it, so I might have to watch more. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will say right off the bat, my initial thought was Vic Mackey from The Shield. <laughs> uh-huh. um, wow. But then I was like, no, that's more of a college basketball coach. Yeah, yeah. Um, mm. he, but he's definitely, and then I was like, 
okay. And then I was thinking about what new coaches look like, right? Um, like every coach they hire now sort of looks like Mark Dagono. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, that's every new coach kind of looks like Mark Dagono. And that's why I'm going with Ray Romano's character, Joe Trinelli from the TBS, TNT show Men of a Certain Age. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> that is the most Mark Dagono looking guy I can think of. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I have... I have uh... That motherfucker has spent time in the G League for sure. <laughs> uh, I had I had two thoughts. Um, I don't think this guy would be the best NBA coach, but this guy is a certain type of NBA coach. Like this guy would coach the Orlando Magic and get three years into a four year deal. He would also get two years into his four-year deal with the Minnesota Timberwolves. And eventually he would he would settle for a three-year contract with the Sacramento Kings. Uh, I'm thinking of Hank from Breaking Bad. That's pretty good. Mm. Like he's got the right, he's he's kind of smarter than you think. He's got a good kind of jovial attitude. Mm-hmm. Also, maybe a rageaholic and uh Needs a hip replacement, like a lot of uh, former NBA coaches. But I think he could real really have like a a Steve Clifford esque run. Well, that was what I was gonna say. If we did this <laughs> question backwards, Steve Clifford is the obvious answer for <laughs> NBA coach most likely to star in a dad core show. Uh-huh. I was just gonna say though, I think if Tom Thibodeau had a wife. She would also be. She would have a a a, a shoplifting problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I could, I could see that too. Hank's wife, Marie. She's got a like. She's the most deal, annoying character in the stress. history. Like, look, people gave a lot of shit to Julie Taylor on Friday Night Lights, <laughs> but Julie Taylor at least is a teen child. There is no reason for Marie's character arcs to be the way they are on Breaking Bad. (laughs) (laughs) The shoplifting thing, like, never pays off, right? Like, that's just a thing she does for a couple episodes in season one, and they're like, you know what? Yeah, we're we're not going to really deal with this part. I also, I do like Hank Schrader as a pick here because he does kind of have the vibe similar to a coach where... He's all about his work. He, he's thrown himself entirely into the job to the point that he probably doesn't notice very obvious things about his family and friends. Like one of them is a meth kingpin. Yeah. <laughs> I was yeah, going to say, I could see like if, T- if Tom Thibodeau was friends with a serial killer, would it surprise you that much? No. <laughs> he's just like, Oh, we, we both like to work out, you know? Uh, um, <laughs> He, li- he likes to wear a tracksuit. I like to wear Well, a who's that coach that just died? The college coach that everyone liked? Mike Leach? Oh, oh yeah. 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 That guy. Did you hear yeah. that story? He told some story apparently a long time ago how, like, when he was in the 80s, he would play some pickup football game. Oh, yeah. And then it turned <laughs> out he was playing with Richard Ramirez, the Night Stalker. That is true. <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, anyway, uh, I do think that if we were answering this question, the, like, I think, you know, styles of coaches change, right? Mm. 
Mm -hmm. Like, I think if we did this like 10 years ago, all of us would have been like Sipowitz. That's obviously (laughs) who it is. Right. It's Sipowitz. (laughs) But now that style of man coaching NBA players is out of style. (laughs) Yeah. Instead, they want like a almost like a. Will Graham from Hannibal. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, he, he, he can get into the mind of his own defense. Except Will Graham, Hannibal is in no way a dad core show. No, Dads do no, not understand a... Hannibal. <laughs> they will not watch it. Yeah, the movie, the movies are dad core. Yeah. The show is both too gay and too gory for most dads. <laughs> um, all right. Kind of kind of kind of murder fetishy. One of the uh, great one of the great shows of all time. All right. Um let's go to the news. This is Round Ball Rock News. Basketball news for humans and robots. Trust the process. Now, Sean Keen, before we start this news, I would like to let you know that we are already at 55 minutes into this Great. episode. Um, so we, don't, we don't have a lot. There's not a lot to these two news stories. So, yeah, uh, walk us through the news, Sean. All right. Uh, our hero, the handsomest man in the NBA, perhaps the most handsome man in NBA history, Serge Ibaka, got into it with... Uh, not the handsomest man in NBA history, Kendrick Perkins. <laughs> uh, and so Kendrick was on some ESPN show, the NBA Today, Smack Talk, whatever. Um, and so uh, he said he was talking about playing on a young team in Oklahoma City. And he said that, you know, uh Kevin Durant was 23. Russell Westbrook was 22. James Harden was 22. Serge Ibaka was 21, but he was really 30. And then he said, you know how certain people always lie about their age? Kind of saying African players. Uh-huh. So Serge Ibaka said, uh, he, he, you can talk about my game if I don't play well, but to talk extra for no reason is acceptable. I feel like it's disrespectful to many Africans who have to live with that unfounded accusation. And then he says, if I was 30 in OKC, I guess I'm 45 now. And then he also said he wasn't surprised to see this action for somebody who got his job by breaking the locker room code, spreading lies about his former teammates, KD and Russ, uh, really kind of slammed him into uh, uh, basically leaking stuff to the media his entire uh, playing career, um, which is well, how he got his job out, which is, like, weirdly, weirdly direct. Uh, before we get into this, let me just yeah. say, um, I don't know, would a 45-year-old man do this? This is Serge Ibaka, a.k.a. Mafuzman, 100% pure for the motherland, Mr. class. Or, um, this... This is Serge Ibaka, a.k.a. Mafuzman, and it's a pure for the motherland, Mr. Veclas. I do art. Uh, or this. <laughs> this is Serge Ibaka, a.k.a. Mafuzman, and it's a pure for the motherland, Mr. Veclas. I do art. Uh, I think not. <laughs> I, think that's, I think you're probably right, Joey. <laughs> um, it is kind of a common thing, and I think that there's a lot of, um, not, not to be too, but uh, 
I think there's a little bit of maybe like analytics brain that doesn't realize it's uh, a little racist at times. Because I remember seeing people speculating about Serge's age in a very like, <coughs> well, you know, you look at the bones in his wrist. It's obvious. I'm like, are you talking about fr- you're almost at phrenology right now, Nate Duncan. Uh, but a lot of the people that are most notoriously called old, like people say that Takeme Matumbo lied about his age. Mm-hmm. But then he played for 18 years. You know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. Serge is in like his 14th or 15th season right now. And keeps getting better looking too. Yeah, like, that's, <laughs> that's troubling. I don't, I'm, I'm, I feel like it's unfair. He was already so handsome. Um, but uh, the hilarious part was that Kendrick Perkins went from apology from saying, Hey man, it's just a joke. And then saying, I apologize if I hurt your feelings. And then 30 minutes later said, well, you don't want me to tell everybody what you were doing in that locker room, huh, Serge? Which was basically exactly the same thing that he was criticized for, uh-huh. making up stories about things that happened in the locker room. It's also uh, weirdly blackmailing someone that he... <laughs> right, even though even though Serge Ibaka's like, yeah, you just lie about people that used to be your teammates. And he's like, well, I could lie about you, too. <laughs> um, he is... Perk is really the worst, and there's clearly some kind of audience for him. But it's like he is—he is absolutely the worst example of. I mean, I guess I guess it's just that he'll really talk talk shit about anybody, mm-hmm. um, except LeBron, obviously. But uh, I have a question about yeah. Perk. Sure. Yeah. Do you think there's ever been someone who hates a coworker more than Zach Lowe hates having to work with Kendrick Perkins oh on TV God. all the time? Like the number of times he like vaguely says, well, like I disagree with Perk on this thing. And I had to do- talk with Perk about this stupid thing. And like he he drops like Perk once or twice a podcast, it feels like. And it seems like there's some like couched venom in there that he's not allowed to let free. But I really, really think if you got Zach Lowe with one beer in uh-huh. him, he would probably uh, like just kind of let loose on how much of a fucking dipshit that oh, guy is to work with. See, I actually disagree. <laughs> I think nobody loves Perk more than Zach Lowe and JJ Reddick because it makes them look like all they have to do is be normal and they seem like the smartest men alive. Like, yeah, that, that like just kind of- having a normal take, they're like, wow, JJ Reddick. Or Richard Jefferson are the most rational people in NBA media history. And it's just because they're like sitting next to this babbling weirdo. Um, JJ Reddick can go viral for destroying Kendrick Perkins when all all he has to say is, I don't know about that. I disagree, Perk. Those guys love Perk because, like, Again, it's like Richard Jefferson is someone who two years ago, the way that show was set up, it would be like he would just be like T-Mac, right? Where it'd be like, yeah, Mm -hmm. he's on once a week and he's fine. Mm -hmm. But because he's next to Perk all the time and he's like says something sort of funny, people are like, wow, Richard Jefferson is amazing at TV. (laughs) (laughs) 
All right, my theory, I think, has been shot down. Zach Love lo- he loves Kendrick They love Perkins. that guy. No, I think, yeah, I think can't Zach get enough of him. JJ loves him. I think Zach is still offended. Um, all right. Uh, our next story. Oh, oh also, sorry. Uh, obviously, Perk's dumb. What, what, what should he be forced to eat as penance for being racist against African people? <laughs> Not racist, I guess, but culturally... Insensitive, yeah. Um, certainly on the borderline at the very least. Uh, and also, by mm. the way, I'm I'm pretty sure Manute Bull, who actually did lie about his age, right? That coach said he was actually like eight years older than the, he said he was, or whatever. I mean, who knows? But, but I'm yeah. just saying. I think his career was like two years longer than Kendrick Perkins, who came in the league at 18 years old. Well, the other Uh, thing is that um, Kendrick Perkins is essentially saying that he's uh, younger than Serge Ibaka. And he looks 25 years older. Like Perkins looks like he's 50 at this point. Like, all right. Um, oh, all, yeah, yeah. I mean, I do think there is sort of this uh, unconscious bias where you're like, oh, this guy's from Africa. And Serge Buck is from the capital of uh, the Republic of Congo, which is like a city of two million people. Like it's, And like spent a lot of time in Spain and France growing up. Like he's yeah, like, a man of the world. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's just... Anyway. Uh, um. Also... Guys, you're you've got to show the show Serge some respect. His name is Serge Ibaka Mufuzi Man. This is art. Um, what else yeah. did he say here? Uh, I'm sorry. I shit you not. His album is one of my five most listened to albums of the year. I think it's actually good. I think it's actually good too. This yeah. is Serge Ibaka, aka Mufuzi Man, hundred percent pure for the motherland. Second class. I do art. Um, all right. <laughs> so I think Serge should make uh Perk eat something that he would never normally eat a vegetable. A vegetable. Yeah, I knew that was the <laughs> joke. You were about to make. All right, um, his ass. <laughs> all right. Um, uh, this week Dallas uh unveiled a Dirk Nowitzki statue outside the arena. He is it's doing awesome his signature one legged fadeaway. It's it such a so good cool. statue. Um, I would say that one and the Shaq statue are my favorites. Yeah. I mean, the Jordan one's very good, too, obviously. But that's like the first statue, basically. Uh So it's a little different. Um, uh, Joey and Sean, what statues would you like to see of your beloved uh, Raptors and Warriors? Uh, Woodley, would you like to go first? Sure, yeah. So Kyle Lowry's like gonna be the first one that gets one made, I would assume. Um, and I think they've already like Messiah has already said it's gonna happen at some point, which is great. Love Kyle Lowry. I can't wait. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. he kind doesn't weird quite guy. have. <laughs> what is he? What do you think he's <laughs> doing? Franchise's first statue. 
I mean, yeah, but it's the Raptors. What do you want? Uh, Patrick In the Patterson? statue, he'll be uh, hanging out with the members of the Philadelphia 76ers and Bo Cruz. Yeah. <laughs> um, by the way, no movie has ever asked me, having now watched Juancho Hernan Gomez play for my team for half a season, no movie has ever asked me to more suspend belief than fucking Hustle, in which he is good at basketball. Uh, no, he's fucking awful. So bad. Uh, uh, he's you know only what good. He's really only good when Thad Young is throwing a cool bounce pass to him, and that's it. Um. <laughs> uh, I was so disappointed to learn his name is just Juan. Mm. Like, I I wouldn't even sign him if his name was Juan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't quite roll off the tongue as easily. Uh, as far as the statue, so Kyle doesn't have like a signature move like the Dirk fadeaway. So there's two moments. Well, I he think does I have would... a signature move, it's which was a charge. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, shooting. Uh, it's like having the media film him shoot three pointers after a game where he shot <laughs> 0 for 18 in the playoffs. <laughs> that was his signature move for years, Woodley. So you'd have a little cameraman there. Like, and then, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, Kyle Lowry is shooting around. It's midnight in the Rogers Center, and he's still out there shooting. He's so disappointed in his performance against the fucking Cavaliers. <laughs> in fairness, that was a game against the Heat in 2016. He went on to fucking kick ass that series. Sure. I will defend Kyle Lowry until I'm dead. Uh, His postseason two... numbers significantly better than Damian Lillard's. You're damn <laughs> just fucking you know. right. Uh, the two sort of images I have in my brain with Kyle. One is in his final season with the Raptors before the COVID shutdown, like a mm. week before he was uh, being guarded by George Hill. And instead of doing the typical basketball player thing of going around the player in front of you to the left or the right, he tried to go through George Hill's legs mm. and just like hoisted him up upon his back. I feel like that's a pretty good statue. That's pretty good. Uh -huh. Yeah, the other one is when he took a charge on Kawhi in the All-Star game and pointed at him smiling. That shit ruled. It oh, was the was best. Awesome. Yeah, uh, so those are my two picks for Kyle. <clears throat> I, it's just such a weird guy <laughs> to have your franchises first. And look, I love Kyle Lowry and I get it, mm -hmm. but he's, to me, in my mind as a non-Raptors fan, mm. he is so, he's a duo constantly. It's mm. like Kai, he he goes with Damar or he goes with Kawhi. You know what I mean? Like in my mind, like he's always mm -hmm. the second guy. <laughs> sure. The, uh, the, his best season is the one that got cut short by COVID, which yeah. sucks because he was fucking insane that year mm -hmm. and like would have made all NBA and all that probably had the season not been cut short. People mm -hmm. forgot about how good he was. Fucking Ben Simmons making that year drives me crazy. Uh, but yeah, he, he was, I, I think because he stayed a long time and like signed multiple contracts with the team, which at the time was a novel concept for mm -hmm. a good Toronto Raptors player. Yeah. I think that also helps his sort of cachet. I suppose if you wanted to do Vince Carter, you could and like do him with like the arm in the hoop or something like that. Yeah. I'd be, I'd be on with, on board with that, but that would be a cool Kyle's step. my dude. Yeah. Kyle's yeah. my dude. You know, yeah. I guess you it's could go like 
Mm. The the Carter statue would be better, mm-hmm. but uh, it's yeah, it's, it's sort of less deserved, I guess. And also, the fans hated him until yeah, very like recently. having having uh. a statue of him doing the thing that he proclaimed he wasn't going to do anymore until he got traded. Uh, uh-huh. Seems yeah. a little bit yeah. like mixed messaging. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, warrior statue. Uh, the. Like, look, it's obvious they've already said they're going to make statues of all all the guys. Uh. Do you think they'll make a statue of them? To, I guess Steph will get an individual statue. I'm sure he'll be shooting a basketball. That's my guess. Yeah. that um. Yeah. Um, but the guy who deserves a statue is Don Nelson. Mm. Uh, he is the Golden State Warriors franchise from rick barry to stephen curry like that's just <laughs> what what there was like as uh-huh. much as i would love to see like a jason richardson statue of him throwing the ball off of carlos boozer's face in the uh, rookie <laughs> sophomore game um that's just like it it would be embarrassing to make a jason richardson statue because he won two dunk contests and should have won a third. Um. Right, like like Baron, like you can you can rationalize a Baron Davis statue more, even though he was there for such a short time. Yeah, um, and it would have to be the Carolina dunk. Yeah, yeah, but like he still like that ended so acrimoniously. Still, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. they benched him on his birthday and missed the playoffs because of it. <laughs> Yeah. They won 48 games and missed the playoffs, Sean. And it was because they were mad at him because he got drunk on his birthday. <laughs> um, but, like, yeah, what, I'm going to suggest a Monte Ellis statue? Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> like, it's a Don Nelson statue or nothing. I mean, I guess you could argue, like, oh, maybe a run TMC statue. But it's like that team was also together for three years and made the playoffs twice. <laughs> <laughs> what would you what would you have Draymond doing in his statue? Uh I mean going viral, dude. Um <laughs> uh, hold on, hold on, gotta find that drop yeah. real quick. If you want me to be honest with you, I still don't know how much the world may think it blew up. Sparked by the leak of the video, the incident did blow up. It went viral. Um Yeah. <laughs> Um, I would like to see a statue of Steve Kerr uh, retweeting the Lincoln Project. Uh, the Lincoln Project. Yeah, yeah. That would be good. <laughs> be good. <laughs> but yeah, I have this feeling because Joe Lacob is the way he is. Steph Curry is not going to get an individual statue. It'll be like all mm. four of it's those. It's gonna guys. be all five, dude. Oh, with Kevin Durant. Yeah, it's gonna be. Sorry. It'll be Durant. Iguodala because like again like (laughs) Joe Lacob can take credit for four of the five of those guys so it's like (laughs) I think I think Curry will get an individual statue though but it's uh I would love to see and this is this is less a tribute as just Warriors history uh I would like to see a statue of Mike Dunleavy taking his shirt off and throwing it in the one of the go- I want to see a statue of the Alan each dunk <laughs> attempt. Uh, <laughs> what do you to- think is the most appropriate uh, Anthony Randolph tribute? Because there's going to be one. Oh. 
I mean, like a fountain, but he's crying on the bench. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think it should be like him sitting on the bench watching Anthony Tolliver play while the crowd is like disappointed he's not playing for no reason. (laughs) Okay, so Anthony Tolliver is getting a statue. Congratulations. Uh, all right, I want to let's let's move on to the last thing. We're going to talk about the Raptors. Yeah, an hour ten into the podcast, <laughs> we bring we mention the thing we brought Woodley on to talk about. Sean, so we, lead us yeah. into this. Yeah, okay. So we have been hearing about how the Raptors are going to blow it up, need to blow it up, will blow it up. Uh, <laughs> I guess this is triggered between um, the the fan base is is very active on social media. They also had a six game losing streak. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So so right now they're not really they're not having a good season, but it's not that bad a season. They're in eleventh place, but there are they're two games out of seventh place. They're sixteen and twenty. Mm-hmm. Um, um, Woodley, my main question I want to ask you is everyone yeah. bragged last year about how the Raptors were positionless mm-hmm. and they just had mm-hmm. all these tall guys mm-hmm. uh, and now they've been replaced by the Orlando Magic doing that. Does that bother <laughs> you? Do you uh, wish you had Bull Bull running point guard or whatever is going on in Orlando? <laughs> yeah, I mean... I'm, first of all, I'm happy Terrence Ross gets to be part of a cool team. That's cool. Um, even though he clearly is going to get sent away very soon because he's not 7-1. Yeah. Uh, I send it back to the Raptors. They could use any shooting whatsoever because as it turns out, this positionless thing only works if you actually like have the requisite skills to play basketball while also being six foot nine, um, yeah. which like the Raptors don't really have like pascal siakam rules he's having he's a superstar yeah Yeah. he's actually a superstar man he's he's incredible but like you're having like the worst shooting season of fred van vliet's career and he's all busted and broken and he's the only guy who can shoot or play point guard on the roster and so when you take that out it gets a little dire also i mentioned christian coloco earlier mm-hmm. he's a seven foot one bambi like player who i think will be good eventually but currently doesn't have any bodily control or ability to dunk <laughs> and it just doesn't really work so he's just said like he, he they were playing the clippers a couple nights ago and evita zubats is like three christians coloco across it's ridiculous <laughs> um, really our kind of player as you can yeah, probably tell yeah, yeah. Uh, um which i like i like him but yeah it's gonna take some time and so yeah, yeah they just don't have like i i do think that in theory, it makes a lot of sense to build your team out of all six nine or above guys because it's a sport where tall people succeed. But they, because they typically go for the tallness and the length over the actual skills, they're in like this sort of fallow period where they're still waiting for the skills to develop for a bunch of the guys. And so it's like, yeah, it's ugly. They play really, really ugly basketball sometimes. Their offense is more or less unwatchable because it's more, it was basically just like Pascal do stuff and everyone else standing around. Um, but yeah, I, I do find it 
irritating that the the magic are now the darlings doing the thing the raptors got to first that said i don't think it's going to work out for the magic because they also <laughs> need to have guys who can do things like shoot and handle the ball mm-hmm. they yeah they had a real though. breakthrough when when marco folds who's fine I, i'm not i'm Pretty not good i like Markel. yeah yeah, yeah. But, yeah. but it but they uh it it just transformed their team getting mm. Markel Fultz back. And that's, uh-huh. you know what I mean? Like, he he probably should not be a transformational player for your roster. Mm-hmm. That's well, I mean, Bull Bull is the transformational player, though. Yes, exactly. Uh, <laughs> they don't um, need Wemba Mjana now because they have Bull Bull. They have Bull Bull. He yeah. does I have all to those say, things better. <laughs> I know Bull Bull is better than, like, this tier of player. Well, I'll mm-hmm. tell you the guys in a sec. But, like, there is this sort of thing where like basketball internet goes crazy for dudes and you see like the tweets about a guy doing something and you assume oh this guy must have like 28 and 10 and then you go to the box score and it's he's got six points and four rebounds of three of six (laughs) shooting and it's like cool that's like the 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 sort of vibe i used to get from kj mcdaniels and david nawaba Uh those two guys like oh these guys they're they're amazing look at what they do Uh and then they don't actually do anything um yeah, that's kind of the vibe I get from Bull Bull. He's probably better than that, but also he's going to get broken in half at some point, right? Well, he's he's. I, I mean, I I would say that I've seen this with uh, looking at Wembenyana clips and also looking mm. at Chet Holmgren. Like, it's cool when a really tall guy uh, can actually dribble, mm-hmm. but when you get to the NBA, that it's just not like workable. Well, it yeah, is the, working right now with Bull Bull, though, is the thing. Uh, I mean, <laughs> have you seen the highlights? I've seen, I've seen the highlights. I've seen him go coast to coast. I just think it's uh, look, we are not in the, really what you want that guy to be no, doing. Bull Bull it's, is kicking the door in that Anthony Randolph cracked open. <laughs> I will not have. I will not have this. This uh, this slanderous behavior. Yeah, so I just think that tends to translate to Cody Zeller a lot more than that mm. translates to like Akeem Olajuwon. It is going. Mm-hmm. This this is Bull Bull. Look, Bull Bull Paolo Wembanyama. We are going to be crying when that <laughs> is what is don- with with a. Uh, <laughs> With both Wagners at the one and two, <laughs> oh. this is going to be like, we are all going to just, it's over for basketball. Position full basketball. <laughs> yeah. The, well, the, idea, the idea that your five men can stand side to side and go baseline <laughs> to baseline with their wingspans, it will be unguardable, Sean. Yeah. Uh, Sean's it will be unguardable Sean's Uh, I'm glad I uh, just finished up the Zach Lowe Kevin Clark podcast just before coming on here and I'm glad I just get to hear it again from Joey it's great I uh, I really think that uh, Oklahoma City is also trying to do that but without feeding the players like they Mm. they're also somehow on restrictive diets that are making them get skinnier well, what's funnier what's funny about the Oklahoma plan versus the Orlando plan is the Orlando plan I get, right? Where it's like, oh, we just want 
the guys with the longest arms. Oklahoma City, it's like, we want the thickest guards you can find. We want fire <laughs> hydrants playing guard and then bean poles playing forward, right? Because, like, Josh Giddy is, like, thick. Like, when mm-hmm. you, like, Josh Giddy is, like, he's, like, sort of tall, but he's also, like, uh... Uh, very, they, he's plug like mm-hmm. <laughs> in his body type, <laughs> and so is Lou Dort. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> um. Anyway, this is not a, this has not been about the Toronto Raptors at all. <laughs> um, my mistake. So, um, I guess my question is: Do you think that the Toronto Raptors should be trying to blow it up? No, Kevin O'Connor. They should not. Uh, <laughs> Kevin O'Connor, yeah. by the way, follows Andrew Tate on Twitter. Just uh-huh. wanted to point that out. All right, keep going. <laughs> Look, again, this actually, like, I blame a lot of this discourse on Kevin O'Connor himself because after the Raptors lost, like, their fourth in a row, he had his drafted tweet that I'm sure he has for all 30 teams that they uh-huh. should blow it up, ready to go. He He yeah. put it right out there. And it sent Raptors fans into hysterics. It's just, what are you getting out of blowing it up as it were? Like, they, they might make some trades before the deadline. Like, Fred Van Vliet's a pending free agent. They might trade him and try to, like, reorganize some stuff. They might trade mm-hmm. Gary Trent Jr. He's a pending free agent, too. But, like, to actually blow it up, you're trading Pascal Siakam, who was uh-huh. one of like the 12 best players alive right now, which is the exact type of player you, in theory, blow it up to try to draft and probably won't. It's mm-hmm. really it's I mean, you guys know it's like dunked on brain shit. It's insane. And to me, it's like the worst thing that happened is they won 48 games by accident last season because they got awesome real quick. And uh-huh. it like totally warped the expectations, not to mention winning the title a few years ago also warped everybody's expectations into thinking that's just what you do every year. Mm-hmm. And I know this is different talking to Warriors fans because you actually do do that every year, but like it's every other I, year. I, that's yeah, uh, that's yeah. not really the Raptors <laughs> lot in life, man. Like the, the Raptors lot, I think, is going to be just like try to stay relevant for a while and then hope you could luck into a trade that helps you win a championship once every 10 years and i think that's perfectly fine Mm -hmm. it's it just makes no sense to like oh rebuild around scotty barnes yeah the guy who's had like a really bad second season who i still am high on but like you really like you want to get rid of all of the players who insulate him as, as it is right now to like have him be the guy like do you want to watch miserable shit basketball for five years? Do you want to like not be in the playoffs and stuff? It's, it's stupid. I, I don't know. Well, I'm also sorry. Go ahead. Keen and I talk about this a lot is like, there's this weird media idea that because Messiah is like this really great GM, right? Mm-hmm. The idea for smart basketball people is like, Oh, a smart GM either trades all their stuff for draft picks or trades all their draft picks for stuff to compete. Mm -hmm. But, like, if you look at the history of Maasai, like, 
he was v- incredibly patient with the DeMar Kyle Lowry team. Like everyone always was saying he was going to get there and blow that team up immediately. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. then he did Which not. In fairness, he tried to do, but he, James Dolan was spooked about doing a Kyle Lowry trade with Masai <laughs> based on previous, previous, uh, previous you know, encounters. Done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks Dolan. We love you. But still like he, he did not trade DeMar for like a long time. Like, like it was yeah. not he well and he didn't trade Demar to get rid of Demar yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's that's the thing i think is like the great market inefficiency to you know be a dork about it in sports is just like not overreacting good. to shit. Yeah. Like I watched the Toronto Raptors in the 2000s where Brian Colangelo was the GM and every single move was uh oh shit we we got we can't sit on our hands here things aren't working so well we got to go get Jermaine O'Neal to pair with Chris Bosh or mm-hmm. we got to go get Hito Turgaloo to like be the the savior and it's just to the people who are like oh the raptors should just go get rid of all their guys right now are the colangelos of the world they're the people who just like need like the instant panic trade to make themselves feel better when in fact you could probably leave this Raptors team alone and it'll still win like 45 games. Like it, it's, which is fine. There should be like space for 45 win teams. I think that's cool. Uh, especially if you won a title in the last five years and you can still swaddle yourself and all of your championship merch. I, mm-hmm. I'm i in no rush. I also feel like I maybe am broken as a fan and don't care if I ever win a title again because I've seen it once and it's like I've beaten the game and I'm just in side quest mode now and want to see Pascal Siakam have big nights. But yeah, the whole blow it up thing is yeah. uh is, is Sean dumb Woodley guy is shit. playing New Game Plus with the his Toronto Raptors <laughs> fandom. Um. <laughs> uh, Fred Van Vliet, what's wrong with him? Seems uh, like he's bad this year. <laughs> he has been bad this year. I mean, Nick Nurse might have broken him. Everyone gets mad about Nick Nurse like playing guys heavy minutes, but like Pascal handles it fine. OG handles it fine. Scotty mm-hmm. handles it fine. It's just Fred Van Vliet's 5'9 or whatever and can't take that kind of beating. And yeah, it's, pretty, just, it's yeah. pretty heavy minutes for yeah. a tiny man. He's playing 37 yeah. minutes a game. Yeah. And like he, you know, his whole thing is, Maybe oh, he he's shouldn't an incredible have bet on shooter. himself so hard maybe uh, yeah. <laughs> to bet on himself again baby <laughs> yeah his whole thing is he's like an incredible shooter and a really good point of attack defender and he's done neither of those things this year and so all the other warts in his game kind of become very clear i, I do think like the 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 good version of fred is a perfect fourth guy to have around their core three like wing dudes that they've built it around it's just if he's broken, then maybe you have to find something else there. I don't know. It bums me out thinking about having to trade Van Fleet, but I do feel like he might end up being like the DeMar of this era in that you just got to ship him out and kind of rip off the band bit bandaid and hope something better comes out. And then he gets a statue. Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> but he's, yeah, he's getting elbowed in the so. face or is it just him guarding Steph Curry in a box and one in the finals? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah, you can definitely see like, yeah, I could see uh I, I I could see Fred Van Vliet being really good on a playoff team in a couple mm-hmm. months. Like yeah. and maybe that totally. playoff team would be the Toronto Raptors even. hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. Um okay. It will be How the Los Angeles not... Lakers. Uh anyway. <laughs> is is it possible that Scotty Barnes is a I know he's 21 years old, but is he mm-hmm. possibly a troubled teen? 
he kind of gives off that vibe sometimes. <laughs> like he's it's maybe not so much troubled teen. I think the thing I get with Scotty is more teen for whom school has always come very easily, who has now been uh, like sent off to university and is like, oh, I guess I have to try sometimes now. Not all the time because I'm still pretty smart and I kind of get it. But like he'll have like three quarters of games where he does nothing. And then the fourth quarter, he's the best player I've ever seen in a Raptors jersey for 12 mm-hmm. minutes. It's unbelievable. <laughs> and so like. I kind of feel like eventually he'll do that for longer stretches of games and it'll be fine. But right now it does feel like a dude who just like has no attention span. He's a big Twitch guy. I don't know if that has anything to do with it. Um, Like he, he he's, he, he seems like he's kind of all over the place, but I, speaking I, of Twitch starting yeah. in January, I will be streaming uh Marvel snap. Yeah. Uh, so keep an eye out for that. I'm going to spend all of January being the world's worst Marvel snap player. Um, <laughs> Uh, I want to ask you about a guy. This was a guy that everyone bragged about Mm -hmm. all summer long, and Mm -hmm. now you never hear his name, and that is Precious, a basketball player by Pat Riley. Um, What... (laughs) What's going on there? <laughs> He's been hurt for like two yeah. months. I was at the He's game where he got hurt. Games. Yeah. yeah, he like messed up his ankle real bad. Um, he's back. Is I he going to play? That was my question. Should be, he back, back like he he was practicing this week. He might have. I thought he was going to come back last night. Actually, on Friday, he should be back on Monday. I don't know when this is dropping. He'll be he he'll be back next week. Uh, in the new year, and. Yeah, he's like very important to them. He's like weird on offense and is like a weird roller coaster man who was either uh, like dunking on everybody's head or booting it out of bounds without a defender anywhere near him. Um, But on defense, like he's insane. He's their second best defender behind OG and not having him has caused their entire defense to fall to shit. And it should help when he's back. He's not like the be all end all. They should still go find someone who's taller than six, nine to play center for the team, I think. But yeah, um, yeah, he's, he's, he's a good player who is very important, who had a bit of a rough start, but like they, it doesn't shock me that their defensive decline has almost exactly coincided with him going out of the lineup. Yeah. According to basketball reference, Scotty Barnes has played 23% of his minutes at the center position. I don't know if that's, that's actually his best position right now because he can't guard a single person on the perimeter and it's like (laughs) troubling how bad it is but he's like last night he kind of punked deandre ayton playing center it was nice yeah maybe that's not anything to be happy about i don't know (laughs) well i do want to ask you about a player that's no longer on the raptors to see if you're happy Mm -hmm. about him is uh are you happy to see yuta watanabe succeeding in brooklyn I'm happy to see Utah succeeding because he was really cool. I'm not happy because it's led to all these Raptors fan freaks being like, how do the Raptors let this guy get away? Where he played for the team for two years. He couldn't hit threes either of the two years. He couldn't stay healthy either of the two years. And like, how long are you supposed to wait for a 15th man to uh, do something before you move on? Glad he's getting a stream of the openest threes you've ever gotten from, <laughs> from Katie and Kyrie that that's great for him. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like I, I, I don't think there was any like harm done by the Raptors 
moving on from him, but Raptors fans sure will let you hear about it, as they will with uh, Gary Payton II, who played for the G League team for like five games. Uh, all sorts of guys who uh, are moderately effective contributors in the 12th slot of most teams' rosters that are not on the Raptors right now that Raptors fans love to uh, call for Masai Ujiri and Bobby Webster's heads over. Yeah. Well, that <laughs> brings me to uh, the the twin old men, uh, one of whom is not playing. So, uh, are you excited? Are you excited to finally see Thad Young and Otto Porter play together? Um, the just game... like we all dreamed, eventually it would happen. You 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 laugh. It's the best shit I've seen on the Raptors, like on a Raptors floor all season long. I was at one of like the three games where Otto and Thad were both available for the same game, and they carried the Raptors to a win over a really bad Rockets team. Uh, like just barely, but those two dudes just do an old guy shit together. It's a delight. I really mad. Otto Porter has been available for all of eight games this season. Cause I kind of feel like he fixes most of their problems minus mm-hmm. the center thing. Um, and yeah, him and Thad together is a delight. You throw Wancho in there for his one purpose, which is again catching bounce passes from Thad and lit, uh, laying it up. Well, and also getting mono that one year. Yeah, he, he's good at that. <laughs> you know what's wild about Otto Porter? I'm always surprised by this, but he's younger than Chris Boucher, <laughs> yep. who is yep. considered like a, a project. Yeah. Uh, yeah by the way, he's speaking of dudes who I would be fine selling year. off. Yeah, uh, <laughs> his vibe has been 32 years old for like five years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's 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 an old guy, old soul who is just he's just got the body of an old guy because he's been hurt his entire yeah. career. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, give me I, I like Otto coming back is, is I think him and Precious man. Like this is the thing the team's been hurt as hell all season long. Siakam mm-hmm. missed ten games. Fred's missed a bunch. OG missed a bunch. Like, there's a reason why they've not really gotten any sort of groove going. Maybe I'm just a, a rose-colored glasses-wearing clown, but they they feel it to me at least like a good team that's played badly. And I, you know, blowing up a good team is uh, again dumb guy hairbrain shit. That uh, <laughs> does well, it really Chris really, Boucher does it really makes crazy? a lot more money than I thought uh, he did. He makes a lot more money. <laughs> Chris Boucher. Oh yes, he does. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I mean, he was like incredible last season Uh less so this year nick nurse seems to really dislike him he calls him out basically every two months publicly and usually like responds with at least a few games of good play Mm. i think he is maybe the most likely guy to get traded before the deadline just because of his salary and all that and the fact that he is one of 14 guys who are his size on the team and he's just not really as good as the rest of them so um, wouldn't be surprised if he got dealt, but I, who wants Chris Boucher? Who's to say? Um, He's no bull bull. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I was going to say as a quick aside, mm. uh, all these uh, like, look, there's a lot of Warriors homers who are all <laughs> mad all the time about Gary Payton and Otto Porter leaving and how they would fix mm-hmm. the team. But neither of those guys have played any basketball <laughs> games this season. Yeah. So it would be the same problem. Yeah. Yeah, I hope those eight games of Otto really helped you out in the, downs, <laughs> the downturn of the season. I mean, also one problem is that they replaced their 15th man with an open roster spot. Like that's, that's the real downgrade is 
Yeah, there's, I mean, the Raptors had Sveem and Hyluk in their 15th spot last year, which I think was worse than an empty roster mm. spot. So I, I can see that. Yeah, I love Svee. I will not. You're you're talking you're you're talking bad about all my favorite weird end of the bench guys, Svee, Wancho, and I won't take it. Um, let's okay. talk about OG real quick, right? Oh yeah. You're yeah, all in on the OG he's, train. He's more precious than gold right yeah. now. <laughs> it's confusing considering we just talked about a guy named Precious, but I think I know what you're getting at. Uh, yes. <laughs> like, uh, I got a DM from you like a week into the season. You were like, oh, I was. I am all in on OG. OG's going to be a superstar. Um, how are you feeling about him now? Yeah, he still, fucking rocks. Yeah, yeah. But do you still think he's like the the real the real cornerstone of this team? I, not named. No. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I never in fairness, never thought that was the case. I think he is like a very worthy potential defensive player of the year because mm. uh, it seems as though every time a good player comes to Toronto, he shoots two of 12 while OG is guarding him. Like they're, they're three and zero against the Cavs this year. And Donovan Mitchell has only been guarded by OG. And I think he's averaging like 12 points a game in, in the games against the Raptors and like 35 at every other game. Um, he's really good. Uh, he is also like kind of frustrating to watch on offense sometimes. Cause his one move is I'm stronger than everybody. So I'm just going to drive into the heart of the defense and push guys off of me and sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't but no he's he's so good at defense i don't even really think it matters what he does on offense he's just he's a really really good player the thing that me like to me that like is a a nice sort of reminder of what a good player he is is all the reporting that oh every team in the league wants og ananobi Mm -hmm. to me that's a sign that you should keep that player on your team because he's really good when he's yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Zach awesome. Lowe said, speaking of Donovan Mitchell, he said that's mm. the kind of return they can get. That's fucking crazy, though, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> seems insane. Yes. To me. <laughs> like if but some I mean, team I mean, is yeah, going they, to do they, that, they're going to then... get three yeah. first round picks and the best Finnish player in the NBA. <laughs> but also, I would say, if you're looking at the history of the NBA, um, mm-hmm. there are lots of guys who get very of OG Ananobi's type who mm-hmm. get very hot on the trade market and mm-hmm. then the team that has them uh does not trade them and then they sort of just become average NBA players and they're like oh I could have right. traded Nick Batum for Dirk Nowitzki and didn't or, or like sure, talking sure. about uh or Possibly like Robert Covington. Jones? Well, yeah, or Luol <laughs> Deng. There's lots of guys that are like in the OG Ananobi mold that like mm-hmm. were guys you could trade for Kobe Bryant or whatever, and you didn't because you're like he's 21 years old, he's six <laughs> nine, he plays amazing defense, and then it's like, oh, this guy's just a very good NBA role player. So yeah, I do I think you're seems... walking a tightrope with guys like OG Ananobi. I could uh, see a McHale totally. Bridges trade also turning into that with the team that isn't Phoenix. Yes, exactly. Right. <laughs> right. Well, that's the thing is I like this is one of my more probably uh, Homer takes. I think OG is like a way better player than McHale Bridges is. And like if you put him on the Suns, they would be much better. 
Um, I, I just feel like, yeah, if someone comes along and says, hey, you want our superstar, we'll give you OG, then you do it. But for me, it's like every team that's ever won a title has had a guy like OG on it in some way, shape or form. And if you have like designs on winning anything while well, you have Pascal and Scotty Barnes eventually becoming what he's going to become, feels like kind of a perfect third guy to that. I, I don't know. It, it, it's I'm not I'm I don't like to trade any of the players. I think just you just keep them all and just run it back for the rest <laughs> yeah. of time. It seems to work for this franchise, so I don't really see why you would do anything other than that. Like they're they're not itching to leave or anything. So I don't um, really yeah I don't crazy really like... happen sure. But, uh, <laughs> Is is making the playoffs the worst thing in the world? No, it's good. It's like actually positive. Yeah, like the beam. Bars. Make the playoffs. He's twenty one. <laughs> making the playoffs is cool. Having like, the, ask the Grizzlies, man. Like the like making the playoffs with their young players seems to have been pretty helpful. I I don't know, man. It's like the the whole if you're not. It, to be a Joey about it. like if you're not winning the championship, you're scum. Like uh if you're not growing, you're dying. Yeah, you're seeing my reasons for liking the mid-season well, tournament. Uh speaking <laughs> about the speaking of the Grizzlies, though, uh, this is a question for Keith Parrish, actually, probably is like isn't it weird that it feels like the front office is like no, we're not supposed to be good yet. Please stop being good, John ja Morant and Desmond Bain. We keep putting first late first round draft picks on this team and you keep winning. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> It's like the, the, the title will happen, and like the quants in the front office, yeah. are like during the championship parade, are weeping because they didn't do it their way. Yeah. <laughs> um. So okay, I'm gonna give you a quick. Let's let's do lightning round real fast. I'm gonna name a yeah. team, and you tell me blow it up or don't blow it up. Okay. Okay. All right. The Lakers. Blow it up. Yeah, blow it up. Trade LeBron. Trade AD. Yeah. Yeah. I think LeBron's been asking, basically been asking for a trade on social media. There's uh, a there's a Toronto podcaster who has been very much on the like the Sun should trade Aiton and stuff for Anthony Davis like right now, uh, and that should happen. That would be cool. Yeah, why not? I yeah. I don't the new Andrew. Biden. I don't think I would trade for Anthony Davis, frankly, uh, unless he was I mean, very cheap. Um, also fair, yeah. Uh, um. Okay, Chicago Bulls. There's no yeah, point in blowing blow it, it up. up. There's the, the they owe that draft pick to Orlando. They can't blow well, it up. It's sunk cost, man. Joey. I don't know. Like, you really want to be around Zach Levine the next five years if someone's willing to take him? If like some dumb team's oh, like, God. yeah, that's our guy. Of course, you get rid of Zach Levine. He wants. This to is get the thing too. This is the thing Raptors fans are really stupid about Pascal Siakam with is, well, look at the contracts the Wizards gave to Bradley Beal and that the Bulls gave to Zach Levine. It's like, these are not the same players we're talking about here. Zach Levine, yeah, the vibes are bad. I think you blow that up. As much as it pains me to maybe leave DeMar with a shit team around him. Yeah, I mean, DeMar, I feel like if you're blowing up that team, you have a moral obligation to send DeMar to a contender. Mm-hmm. Or like the Raptors could use some shot creation. That would be fun. Oh, that would be so much fun. <laughs> All right. Red uh, Band lead for DeMar DeRozan, the most depressing <laughs> trade that's ever happened ever. Uh, Atlanta Hawks, should they blow it up? 
Dude, we didn't talk about it at all, but like Travis Schlank randomly uh, stepped down to spend uh, time with his family. Uh, Wait, what? Yeah, on the December twenty first, Landry like three Fields, days, three Landry days before Fields Christmas, is the GM of the Hawks. Well, that news dump worked for me because <laughs> uh, I didn't know what happened. Good job, Travis yeah. Schlank, <laughs> Raptors legend, Landry Fields. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> um. I no, don't blow it up. I like you're pretty young still. You've like mm-hmm. you fucked up uh by just not by being weird. That team is weird. Um mm-hmm. like they could really use Kevin Herter. Like I really feel <laughs> like that team would be in like fourth <laughs> place in the East if they also just had Kevin Herter. Um but you're you're all in. I mean, maybe fire the coach. Firing Nate McMillan midseason has worked for other teams before. <laughs> but and then the team that hires him midseason also will make the playoffs. But yeah, no, he's. I think they're going to get him to resign. That seems yeah. like where it's going. Uh, uh, it see, seems like Trey Young is sort of a coach killer, though. It seems like well, that, that is would he make just him a like an killer. everyone killer? Does he kill all the players he plays with? He too? might kind of kill everybody. <laughs> yeah, I like the idea. I don't know who's throwing it out there, but like the idea of a Trey Young for Carl Anthony Towns horrible vibes swap just to like mix up the like the, the like the composition of each team's horrible vibes. I feel like might work. Uh, you just run DeJounte with Carl Towns. You run Trey Young and Rudy Gobert and the worst vibes team of all time. I don't know. I like that for the chaos of it. Um, I mean, that I just, team I'm would be so, cool. That, I'd be all yeah. in on that Minnesota team, actually. I'm just so out on Trey Young in general as a guy. I don't know. He irritates me uh, more than I think any NBA yeah, player. That's his I've thing. had to like, move He's off. He's sort of, of like my... not good enough for that's that attitude, thing. I don't think. I've had to move off of Jason Tatum hate because he's just too good. And it's just yeah. like, what am I doing here? It's not going to end well for me to keep on hating this guy irrationally. So I just accept it. Uh, I Trey Young is the new guy for me like that. I just I, I'm never going to get it. And I, I kind of hope they always lose with him. Look, I said it when he was doing it in New York, and I'll say it now, but uh, Trey Young is just new Reggie Miller, and you know who wasn't actually <laughs> that good outside of highlights? Reggie Miller. This is the same kind of shit. Wow. Like, um, <laughs> wow. <laughs> like, great in the playoffs, but also, like, needed Rick Smiths to sort of carry those teams into the playoffs. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh,. Oh, uh, one more team that that should blow it up or not, Joey? Yes, the Washington Wizards. Uh, what, what is, is there to blow up? up? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I guess Kuzma. I mean, Kuzma yeah. would help a team for sure. For Monty sure. Morris would help a, a team, like, but like what? <sighs> Yeah. What does Bradley Beal do for you now? They blew like, it up the second they gave Beal that contract with the no trade clause. It's, it's a different so kind of blowing it's, it up, but same effect. So, what can you imagine? It's the same guy in charge who traded John Wall because his max contract was mm-hmm. too onerous. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. But the difference between John Wall and Bradley Beal is John Wall was cool. 
Yeah. And uh, I'm, just, I'm just saying they did the exact same. They, they worked so hard to get rid of that John Wall contract. And then they just did the exact same thing. Yeah. For yeah. any time, you know, I mean, John Wall had a, a bizarre infection where they almost had to amputate his foot. Like mm-hmm. that's kind of a freak injury. And then mm-hmm. anyway, uh, Bradley Beal is going to be most remembered to me as being the guy who like without fail in every game I've seen him play at some point will hit a three pointer to cut the Wizards deficit from 15 to 12 and then mean mug the other bench <laughs> yeah. en route to a 13 point loss like that's Bradley Beal his entire career to me. Uh, Bradley Beal, uh, it's he might as well just not exist. <laughs> well, he's that's gonna be like his legacy. Is that I hope Washington never trades him. Yeah, I mm-hmm. hope he, he rides out that entire contract. And there's that list of like all the guys who stayed with one team their whole career, and it's gonna be like <laughs> Tim Duncan, Kobe Bryant, Dirk Nowitzki. Bradley Beal. Yeah. And he'll be the franchise leader in everything. Literally everything. Yes. Like somehow he's the blocks leader just because he's run up all that time. And and they're going to end up extending him at the end of this deal. Like, yeah. Funny thing about uh, a franchise like that who um, never had players stay for longer than four years. Uh, Sean Woodley, do you know who became the fourth all-time leader who passed Chris Mullen in three-pointers for the Golden State Warriors last night? Is Wiggins back? Was no, it Wiggins? Draymond Green. Draymond Green <laughs> passed Chris Mullen in three-pointers for the Golden State Warriors franchise last night. Uh <laughs> Because right. no one was ever there long enough. All right. <laughs> so I want to do one thing right before we leave. Uh, speaking of franchise histories, Sean Woodley, we want to see mm-hmm. if you can name the Raptors yes. all-time leaders in defensive box score plus minus. Oh, my God. <laughs> How do they calculate this one again? I don't know. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. Just like all of the other ones. Who knows? Right. Number 10 is a current Raptor. Uh, is it OG? No, he okay. is on OG this list. Number seven. OG's number seven. Okay, is Fred? In, is it Fred? Fred is not on this list. You you briefly Pascal. started. Pascal is number ten. Okay, point six. Right. Okay, so I've got ten and seven. All right, Great. number nine is a man who I when I see his name I think about his wife. Oh God. Um, this is going to bother me if I can't get it. Uh, his, his wife is sort of. Um, uh, she once fought. She once uh, hit Rick Fox in the face with her purse. When he was oh, playing for a god. team that was not the Raptors. Oh, my God. Uh, I don't know. This I mean, man this is, is very 90s. bald. This late very 90s bald. Raptor. Oh, yeah. uh. He, Keon Clark? No, Keon he's Clark number, number five, five on this list, though. Hell yeah! <laughs> <laughs> uh, this man is a guard slash forward wing. He's a wing. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was briefly a coach for uh, the Sacramento Kings last year. He went from broadcasting to the bench. Oh, Doug, yeah, Christie. Doug, Doug Christie. Doug Christie. Former locked-on Raptors guest himself, yeah. Doug Christie. Great dude. 
<clears throat> um, this next guy uh, is a large man who is uh, generally considered uh, one of the great. Amir Johnson. No, <laughs> not on the list. Uh, this man, Chris part, this man hangs out with Michael Jordan a lot more than Amir Johnson does. Is it Chris Bosh? No. no, he's uh, James Dolan's arch enemy. Yeah, Marcus Camby. No, uh, very related. <laughs> oh, Charles. To oh, Candy. come on, Charles Oakley. Duh. Yeah, yeah. yeah, there he goes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, all uh, right. Uh, the next guy uh, was part of a of possibly the most significant trade in Raptors history. Rudy Gay. No, he couldn't. <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> uh, he's he's also on the trading block right now from his uh, from a different yeah. team. Is it Serge Ibaka? No, uh, no, he's... Oh, that's the biggest trade to me for Terrence. No, Ross, that is... I believe <laughs> yeah. he's the it's best. Day. I believe he's the uh, he was the Pac 12 player of the year a couple of years ago. Oh, Jakob Pertle, Jakob yeah. Pertle. Yeah. All right, I didn't Number know he had six. Like, I guess this isn't like a longevity stat, it's uh, it must just be a... no, it's it, yeah, it's no, your. Okay. Um, it's your overall score. Okay, top mm-hmm. four. Uh, this is sort of a bad guy with an alliterative name. Um, sort of. He a has bad played guy. on many, many teams. Uh, he's still he's, active. Still active. You wouldn't want to fight oh. this man, Patrick Patterson. No. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I actually think he's one of the NBA players I could beat up. Uh, yeah, Patrick yeah. Patterson is one of the NBA good guys, I feel like, actually. Yeah, this yeah. guy's a bad guy. Um, bad guy. The the Heat gave him an enormous contract a few years ago that still doesn't make any sense. Uh-huh. But he is not on the Heat anymore. Uh Oh, James Johnson. Yeah. That's correct. Yeah, yeah. Fuck that guy. Oh. Um, all right, this next guy is uh currently Bradley Beal's teammate. Uh, DeLon Wright? Yes, that's DeLon right. Wright, number <laughs> three. Defensive backs box score plus minus. Um, this guy has a celestial name. Uh-huh. He celestial. was a Harlem Jamar- a former Harlem Globetrotter. Jamario yeah. Moon, of <laughs> yeah, course. Yeah, that's correct. He's yeah. second? Two, two. He's second. He's, he's got a two. Number, number one, this guy is a music It will not enthusiast. shock you to learn. It will not shock you to learn. The Toronto Raptors have never had a player make an all-defense team in their wow. entire history. Yeah. Uh, uh, oh, wait. Number Kawhi one might guy- have when he was here. He doesn't count. Anyway, carry <laughs> on. <laughs> the number one guy uh, famously wore a hat that didn't fit him on draft night. Oh, Bebe? Bebe yep. is number Not one by a lot. Oh. I, uh, so uh, Bebe this past summer got signed to play in the Canadian Elite Basketball League, which is the league I do play-by-play for. And I got to call his debut in the Canadian Elite Basketball League. And let me tell you, it makes a lot of sense that he is now playing in the Canadian Elite Basketball League. Are uh, you saying he's yeah, not he, the best player in that league? No, he was like one of the worst. Uh, yeah, rough stuff. Rough stuff. He's too focused on music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he, he like did retire for a time and then came back. Like he he's he's got too much else going on. You're totally right. But uh, boy, what a great guy! He just comes to Raptors games sometimes now too to just hang out. It's cool. He's, 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 whole he's the greatest defensive box score plus minus player in <laughs> franchise history. There he was is. a whole thing where uh, he there was like another Bebe Noguera account 
that was like a big Bolsonaro guy and everyone thought it was Bebe and people like kind of disowned him for a hot second until they realized that was not in fact him. Um, Here is how far ahead he is in uh, defensive box score (laughs) plus minus. He has a score of Mm 3.3. OG Ananobi, the man that everyone wants to trade for because he's so good at defense, his score is a (laughs) 0.7. (laughs) oh baby um so that's a perfect guy for the history of this franchise (laughs) and the way they've played defense most of the time uh to be top of the list all right that's our episode sean woodley what would you like to plug uh if if two hours of me wasn't enough there's two and a half more hours of me every week on locked on raptors five days a week you can check that out youtube and uh your podcast apps and whatnot. And that's kind of all I got going on. I have a sub stack that I don't ever post on because uh, writing is too much work. Uh, so locked on Raptors, that's the place to go. Um, Sean Keen, what would you like to uh, plug? Yeah, I'll be at uh, Rooster Tea Feathers in Sunnyvale, recently reopened uh, uh, this weekend, January 5th through the 8th. Uh, Rooster Teeth Feathers in Sunnyvale with Joe Zimmerman. Oh, I love for one of the beards of comedy. Um, right? Wasn't he? Never mind. I don't need to. I don't, I don't think he has a beard. But uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, I'll cut this. <laughs> oh, he has a beard. I'm sorry. He might. I don't know if he was a beard of comedy. It's been on Conan. Um. Yeah, Joe Zimmerman was in the Beards of Comedy tour with Dave Stone and all those guys. Uh, All right. I'm glad I remembered that correctly. I won't be cutting this then. Joe Zimmerman, great, very funny. Love that guy. Anyway, as for me, you can always follow me on Twitter at Frankie Muniz, where one day ago I tweeted, Dealing with at TuneCore has been a disaster the past two weeks. I'm trying to do something so simple, but no one seems to be able to understand how to fix it. Uh, good luck with that, Frankie. Um, Sean <laughs> Woodley, did you write a song this week? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Sean Keen, <laughs> did you write a song this week? I didn't, but I would like to play uh, a Marcus Soul <laughs> song called uh, I Get Pumped for Marcus Soul, Baby. Okay, I'll be playing that under us right now. Uh, trust the process. Trust the process. Uh, thanks for coming on, Sean. We love you very much. And shut it down. Let's all build a statue for Kyle Lowry. <laughs> yeah. Let's do it. I've been seeing your body gritting and grinding. Your Memphis jersey hangs by my bed. Living in a world of small ball, baby I love seeing you pass the Fred I've been waiting for the entry pass all night Wanna watch you set a monster screen I love when you find a shooter Just don't give it to Danny Green I remember the day they made that trade I knew they'd go all the way Whoa I get pumped for Marcus, oh baby Every time he shoots the three 
I get pumped for Marcus, oh baby, ain't it shocking they won game three, ain't it shocking they won game three, ain't it shocking they won game three. I gotta watch you pod the paint, baby. I gotta watch you box out. And when you shove a guy in the back, you're a Superman like Brandon Ralph. Oh, I remember when you still had your speed, but you still shut down and beat. Whoa. I get pumped for Marcus, oh, baby. Every time he blocks a shot I get pumped for Marcus, oh baby And the finals are in t dot. I get pumped for Marcus, oh baby Every time he hits a three I get pumped for Marcus, oh baby Ain't it shocking they won game three Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.